You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. <clears throat> Bria's eating a snack. <laughs> Bria's snacking. Um, I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, that's what we're talking about. We're discussing the best snack to eat while reading a very controversial subject. Yeah, listen, we only, we only you know, hit, we only go for the... Hit the hard ones on this show, whatever people say. It's the hard-hitting literary journalism Listen, that you've come to expect this, from us. <laughs> we don't we don't pull any punches over here. Uh, that's <laughs> what we're talking about this episode. <laughs> but first, before we get into this very t- controversial subject, what are you reading, Bria? I just finished a book um, that I think you've already read. I'm not sure. It, it came out in March of this year, which was very recently. It's called The Return by Rachel Harrison. Did you read this? Oh, uh, I blurbed this motherfucker. It is you so- You blurbed it? I didn't even notice that. Oh my God, uh, well, it I read is it, so good. I read it on uh, Kindle. So, wow, can I see your blurb, I wonder? How can I see your blurb? Anyway, uh, well, you read it, but here's my blurb. It's great. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Bye, hire Bria. Bria. Um, hire me. I'll blurb your books. Um, uh, it's about a group of friends, and one of the friends um, disappears for two years. She just disappears, and um, they don't know where the hell she went. And then she shows back up, and this book takes place kind of when she shows back up, and she's acting strange, and they all haven't seen each other basically since her funeral which they held while she was gone, and they haven't seen her before that, obviously. And then they they all go to this weird ass hotel <laughs> in the it's middle. Based on a real hotel in California, is it based on the Madonna Inn? Yeah, yeah. So what I figured. Um, it, it it's a it's based on the Madonna Inn, if you know it, in California. And uh, but it's a hotel in the middle of nowhere, and um, it's very strange and whimsical. And the friend who disappeared for so long, um, Julie is her name. She meets up with the other friends, and it's told it's told from the point of view of one of one of the women. And uh, she's very strange. She's very strange. Things are happening with her. Surreal, uh, supernatural things, and the character that you're whose POV it is, uh, is, is experiencing supernatural things and things get wilder and wilder. And, um, it's about friendship. It's about telling the truth about who you are. Um, I just really enjoyed it. It was really great. And, um, it's interesting cause I think the point of view is, is cool. Cause it's from the point of view of a character who is like less successful than her friends and doesn't really have it together. And like, makes a lot of poor choices in her life. And I love complicated women like that, where it's like, she recognizes that no, she shouldn't be sleeping with this married man, but this is where she's at, you know? And so it's really, I, I loved it. I know you blurbed it. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I should have like read the blurbs. I'm really sad because they were supposed to send me a finished copy of it and they never did. Oh. Uh, I should just like, and I can't go to a bookstore to look at it. Oh, I'm sorry. It's so good. Um, If anybody has a physical copy of The Return, please send me a picture. To see. I don't even know if they used my blurb on the cover or not, oh. or on the, on the book at all, Uh, but it is... Oh, I loved it so much. Yeah, it was really good. What are you reading, Mallory? I am reading a book that is perfect for quarantine because it is very cute and very feelings-y, very schmoopy. I love it so much. It is a graphic novel, and it is The Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang. It is a YA graphic novel, and it is so good it is a period piece it is about paris like right before like right at the start of the modern era and there is this teenage girl and she is a dressmaker she is a seamstress and she ends up getting hired to work for the prince only nobody knows except for her that the prince actually wears dresses mm. and 
uh, goes out at night uh, by this like, um, and there's this like this whole alternative persona called Lady Cristalia, and he wears all these beautiful dresses and he has all these beautiful wigs and it's just her and um, it's, it's the prince and the seamstress and the prince's like a bodyguard assistant person who they're the only ones who know about all of this. And of course he's the prince and he's not supposed to be wearing dresses and he's really afraid of his family finding out, but he feels most himself when he's wearing these beautiful glamorous dresses and the seamstress it's like she's from she doesn't have she, you know she doesn't have a lot of money and but she is this really incredible fashion designer and all she wants to do is be a dress designer and work in the world of fashion and they're kind of helping each other's dreams come true but also they're like laboring under this big secret and it is the art is amazing it is so sweet and wonderful it's like it's definitely like definitely has some Cinderella themes. Mm. It is just like, oh, it's so wonderful. I want Disney to make a movie out of it. It just like feels like a Disney movie. Yeah, oh, I love it. It is, it's so good. You should read it. It's amazing. It's uh, The Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang. And mine is The Return by Rachel Harrison. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got a lot of book puddle, puzzle feedback. Wow. Uh, Y'all so love puzzles. <laughs> we are into it. Uh, so Ashley wrote in, I just listened to the latest episode and I totally agree that listening to an audiobook while doing a puzzle is a great way to spend an afternoon. My husband gave me these years ago and I've never been happier to have them. And she sent in a picture of... Uh, it's white. It's a, a brand called White Mountain, and it's called their bestsellers puzzle. And it's just like a big collage of pictures of popular book covers. Oh wow! I love it. I will. I want it very badly. Uh, Whitney wrote in also about puzzles. Heard your call today for book related puzzles. I bought this one right as Chicago is going into stay at home orders for my favorite neighborhood shop, Komoda, which is still offering. Cu- curbside puzzle, candle, etc. pickups is called Book Club and is designed by the artist Carolyn Suzuki. Um, And it is, I looked at it earlier and I forgot what it looks like. Oh, and it is a bunch of cute little people just a bunch of cute little people reading books. It's very cute. (laughs) And they're reading all kind of books. Oh, and they're all the books are kind of like funny, funny names. There's The Phantom of a Possum and Olive or Twist things like that. Very adorable. Um, uh, so much fun putting it together. Highly recommend to scratch the puzzle itch. Into it. And then Beth wrote in about one of the book lights we reviewed. Uh, I have the same book light from Topelic that Bria reviewed. Mm. Not only, not only, and this was like the one that clips onto the book and has a bendy arm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, not only is it a good book light, but I have discovered that it makes a good bedside lamp and closet light as well. I clip it onto my nightstand and point it at the floor. If I'm going to get, going to be getting into bed later than my husband and don't want to wake him up by crashing around. Uh, I live in an old apartment with glorious deep closets that have no light source inside. I clip the book light to the shelf in the closet and can see all my black cardigans hiding in the back. Hot, (laughs) hot goth tips. Hot goth Uh, (laughs) 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 tips. What would be, it would, I guess the hot, the noise for, a hot gata would be like a coffin creaking open or something. Uh, <laughs> I love it. First of all, you were gonna say uh, just a cough, and I was like a cough, uh, and maybe like a like just a little like a like a cry, a cry, a sob. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you could also probably make a pretty sweet anglerfish costume with this thing if nice. you had a cap to clip it to. That's probably just the quarantine talking, though. I love this. It's actually a really good idea because when you go to bed at night, you don't necessarily want to be... I always find my way with my little... Uh, with my phone. But yeah, turning this book light on would be perfect because it's not super bright. 
That's the whole thing about a book light. It doesn't keep your partner up, which is great. I will say I was re last night when I was reading The Prince and the Dressmaker in bed because I couldn't sleep. Uh, and I was using that book light that I'm really obsessed with, the one that like t- pulls out into a USB that you can charge into your um into your laptop or your computer. And I turned it on and I it was on full brightness and Jeremy was next to me in bed and he was like, oh, and I turned yeah. it. To, but I turned down the brightness because it has two brightness settings and then it was okay. Oh, good. So hot, always hot reading light takes mm-hmm. here on Reading Glasses. <laughs> you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show, deliver to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we discuss... The ultimate reading glasses topic, the best reading snacks. We're going to take a quick break. Hey, I'm Janet Varney, host of the JV Club podcast. Ah, high school. Was it a time of adventure, romance, and discovery? Class of 95, we did it! Or a time of angst, disappointment and confusion. We're all tied together by four years of trauma at this place, but enjoy adulthood, I guess. The truth is, it was both. So join me on the JV Club podcast where I invite some great friends like Kristen Bell, Angela Kinsey, Oscar Nunez, Neil Patrick Harris, and Keegan Michael Key to talk about high school, the good, the bad, and everything in between. My teenage mood swings are getting harder to manage. The JV Club. Find it on Maximum Fun. This week, holy shit, I cannot believe that we are doing this. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) We are debating the superior reading snack. What's the best snack to eat while you're reading? You're about to fucking find out. Wow, wow. It's tough, tough, tough decisions have been made. Decisions have been made. I wrote this episode and I could not stop laughing and I texted Brian and I was like, this is the longest episode outline we've ever had. (laughs) So a month ago, Bria's mom, Dawn, happy belated Mother's Day to Dawn, mm-hmm. um, the uh, patron mom saint of reading glasses. <laughs> also, we have to read her, Bria's mom sent in her wheelhouse and we sh- really need to read that on the show at some point. Oh yeah. Send it again, mom. She listens to our podcast. I, to, I don't know. I have to. I think she, she, I think she emailed. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so a month ago, Bria's mom sent us some vegan gluten-free cookies that Bria added to our Amazon wish list, and we reviewed them on the show, and a big debate began about what the best snack to eat while reading is. Uh, this only applies to print books and ebooks, because if you're reading an audiobook, you can just sit there and eat whatever the hell you want. Although which I was makes- thinking crunchiness might be a problem for audiobooks. <gasps> Oh my God. Just a Didn't thought. even think about it. This is a whole nother. We listen, we don't have time. We don't have time. Let's not get off. Oh on, this is too long of a, too many things to discuss here. Um, anyway. Well, I will say, so I was going to say that might make audiobooks the superior book format, mm-hmm. but I guess the only criteria with audiobooks then would to be the least crunchy, the quietest snack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so what we did is we came up with a list of criteria that a snack must have to be to, to, we came up with a list of criteria that a snack must have to be good for a reading snack. Mm-hmm. Bria, lead us off. <laughs> All right. Here's the criteria. There's three things. One, no crumbs. If you're reading a yes. print gr- book, crumbs are the worst because they get like in the little, in the little, in the little book. What is that called? The butt part of the book, you know, <laughs> where the pages meet. Wow. We're recording this at night and this is what happens to my brain. Um, we lost Mallory. <laughs> 
What? The butt crack of the, the book. The book. The butt crack of the book. What is it called? The binding. Yeah, again, the binding. <laughs> hey, honey, I got some stuff stuck in the book butt again. <laughs> oh, book butt. First of oh all, you don't want crumbs in your book butt. You don't want them. <laughs> you don't want them there. You don't want them in your lap. <laughs> You don't want them on the floor, but definitely not in the book butt, because then you close it and it makes a crunch noise, and that's gross. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> that's number one, no crumbs. What's number two, Mallory? <laughs> number two, no sticky fingers, no meltiness, no drippiness. You can't have mm. anything too melty when you're trying to turn a pra- page or press a button if you're using an e-reader. So yeah. there's at some point we put it on this with this on our Amazon wish list. They do sell rubber finger coverings yeah. for when you're eating a snack. I'm very intrigued. They are They're, on our Amazon wish list, as are I think chopsticks of some sort that help you to pick stuff like this up. There's a bunch of weird inexpensive shit on our on our wish list if folks want to get us some weird stuff to test out. Also, a number of snacks mm-hmm. that not, not, can now be test out but yeah you, you don't want something um you don't want to have to wipe your hand one of the whole things about eating while reading is you don't want to be like held up by cleaning your hands when you're trying to flip the page yeah. so nothing that is going to get anywhere or get on your fingers oh a little bookmark i should say that um apparently i was rat- adding all of the snacks and things to the wrong list so oh my god people who were <laughs> trying to buy snacks were like i can't find the snacks there are snacks on there now and thank you we will you can buy them now um bria was adding them to her personal wish no list. i wasn't it was like some other random reading glasses list and I don't know where oh, it was you made a reading glasses I, sub list never, to your yeah. own for, for your own list so there was like a weird there was like two reading glasses lists it was very because I, I, I looked at the list that we had and I was like oh wow I guess everyone bought all the snacks that we no, had yeah. and you were like I no I just put a shitload of snacks on yeah. there so people like, who were looking so. now they're now they're back now they're back all right so that's number two number three we got to get through this Mallory we have a lot to talk about uh number three you can't have to look at it to eat it it defeats the purpose uh if you, if you can't break eye contact with your book constantly you got to keep a meaningful eye contact with that book um it's like the first date. You want to be able to look mm-hmm. that book in the eye. Uh-huh. 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 It needs to be a snack you can reach for, put into your mouth without having to look at it. Also, I'm going to say best if one-handed, no giant two-handed burritos. No, yeah. no like uh, quesadillas. Uh, what's that? Like a big subway, a big sub, a foot-long sub. <laughs> <laughs> like in the cartoons yeah. where you have this like 12-foot-long sub that you're like trying to put into your mouth whole without yeah. swallowing it. Yeah. So nothing that requires two hands. Yes. Uh, so we were, we took a poll on Twitter and we were honest to God, very shocked by the results. I mean, as they were, as the, uh, the opinions were rolling in, I was texting Bria just like completely in awe. And so by far a dark horse, I will say (laughs) something that neither Bria or I had ever predicted was gummies. Gummies. But when you look at the ranking system, gummies are the best. They fit all the criteria. Yeah. Yeah. I never buy gummies, so it didn't come to mind. Um, I recently bought some healthy gummies from Thrive. I've been ordering from Thrive because we aren't going to the grocery store, really. And um, they were nasty <laughs> <laughs> and grody. Um, I was sitting there eating them, and I looked at John, and I was like, wow, these are gross. And he was like, totally gross. And like we're like, Ugh, do we finish them? Like, what do we do? Um, 
Uh, so I don't know what, I, that's the only gummies I've had in a long time. Um, I'm going to say this. If we're doing a page rating on gummies, here is how I feel. Five out of five for crumbs, no crumbs. Five out of five. Five out of five on not looking at them. You can grab a gummy, put it right in your mouth. That's great. But I'm going to say three out of five on the gooeyness because I have a real hot house. <laughs> Things melt. It can be an issue if you got like a gooey red, what are those called? Swedish fishes? Um, Although I will say, I think some healthier gummies are gooier because they have less yeah. preservatives and stuff in them. So that like Swedish fish, fish can last until like the next millennia. Right, right. So you're saying you want to really like really, I mean, I guess all gummies, why buy the healthy ones? They're all right. Like what, what am I trying to pull, prove here? You know, well, like, we were trying to find vegan ones. Oh, we were, but God. They're not great. Um, uh, That's why people, we have some on our Amazon wish list. Please buy we'll Bria, try some vegan gummies we'll and we will them. find the ones that are good. Yeah, but yeah, because they're not very gummy-ish. They're more just like, it's like the gooey. consistency of like, yeah, it's like gooey and they melt. Um, but what, what, do you, what do you think? What do you think about gummies winning this poll? I think everyone's right. I was stunned, but I, I, it's true. Gummies are superior. I mean, I, I tried this and with some not like not as gooey gummies, mm-hmm. and because we there are some there are a bunch of vegan and vegetarian gummies, and not all of them are bad. You just have to find the ones that aren't like super healthy. Uh, and it's right. It's per. It's a let's, completely let's put healthy in quotation. Mm-hmm. Yes, healthy gummies. Like, w- go ahead and just get the ones that are made of like fake plastics or something. They're made of like <laughs> yoga mats and like it, <laughs> just consume them. Cause like at that point you're just eating a gummy. I mean like, come on, I don't know what, what, why are we bothering? There's still like straight up just sugar and oil, you know? <laughs> out of yoga mats. Oh my God. Um, also, I, cause some people were chiming in about fruit and I do think fruit kind of fits for this, like mm-hmm. grapes. Uh, but a lot of fruit, then I started thinking, I was like, no, a lot of fruit doesn't work for this because cherries, you have to spit out the pit. Uh, apple mm. slices could work, um, but they leave uh, juice on your hands. Citrus slices squirt too much. Bananas, you kind of have to look at a banana to eat it. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be very difficult to <laughs> eat a banana without making eye contact with it. Um, Don't was, look at we me, were, banana. <laughs> Don't <laughs> look at me, banana. <laughs> um pretzels uh, we got a lot of you know we get a lot of opinions on this like pretzels have too many crumbs chocolate is fine but as you know also depends on how melty yeah um obviously so bria as the reigning queen of snacks what is your favorite reading snack? well i can i'm gonna th- i'm gonna th- blow everyone away right now okay uh i have a cheat my favorite reading snack is a meal <laughs> it's not a meal it's not a snack it's a meal i love a meal <laughs> it's a complete upset <laughs> I love to make a meal, sit, and read my book. It's my favorite thing to do. I also used to love doing that in a in a restaurant back when I could go to restaurants. I would love to oh, order yeah. a meal, read a book, eat a full meal. Um, so my favorite snack is a meal, which, you know, if big enough, any snack can be a meal. If, if you're brave enough. If, you're bra- <laughs> if, if you make the snack big enough, it is a meal. You know, if, if you eat an entire, like... I don't know. If you eat a whole chocolate bar, that is a meal at that point. You have not, it's no longer a snack just because it's made of chocolate. You've eaten a chocolate meal. Um, That being said, chocolate is my favorite. Chocolate is obviously my favorite. Um, How do you rank chocolate on on the, with the, with the criteria? Okay, hold on. Let me look at the criteria again. Okay. Crumbs. Five out of five. No crumbs problem. Shouldn't have a crumb issue. 
I'm going to skip to number three. Don't have to look at it to eat it. It should be fine. That's a, unless you're doing like little tiny chocolate chips, which I've been doing lately for some weird reason. But you should be fine on three. That's five out of five. Now two, no sticky fingers, meltiness or drippiness. That's an issue. And I would say the less milky your chocolate is going to be better. The darker chocolates are going to be better um, overall, generally. Yeah. And the... I was going to, and like kind of the more hydrogenated ones, like the less healthy ones are going to be probably a little bit better for meltiness. Um, but honestly, I'll just go with a melty chocolate, clean, clean up my Kindle afterwards, wipe it down. I'm just, I'm a chocolate fiend. I love them. I love it. So like, it's true. I can't really control God. Sean is going to not enjoy this episode. I was just going to say, I was just thinking about how disgusted Sean is going to be with He's us when he listens to, to this episode. It. Um, what is your favorite reading snack, Mallory? I hate to say, so my favorite taste-wise is a complete failure. It's peanut butter on toast. Oh, it fails wow. literally all the criteria. It's melty. It's crummy. You have to look at it to eat it. <laughs> Truly the worst. Uh, so I think my runner-up would have to be uh, peanut M&Ms, which oh, I absolutely great. fucking love. Uh, I went on a, I kind of eat snacks like a pregnant person because I like get really obsessed with one snack for like a month and then I'm done with that snack mm-hmm. for a really long time. I went, I was on a huge smart food kick for a really long time, but it fails the sticky fingers part. What's and so smart I was food? eating. It's uh, the popcorn that's covered in like cheat, like white cheddar cheese. Oh, okay. Um, and I was eating them with chopsticks uh, and I can just like, you know, eat a whole bowl of that, but it, it's really hard to do that without looking at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I would just be like, you know, stabbing the bowl, hoping to get a piece of popcorn. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta look, gotta make eye contact. Uh, so peanut M&Ms, absolutely for sure. Especially if you put them in the fridge beforehand so they're a little less melty. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see in the poll, chocolate covered nuts were another big contender. Oh, I love a chocolate. I love a chocolate covered nut. That is something I really enjoy. And it's been hard for me to get in quarantine because I'm not going to the grocery store really. So, I haven't ordered those Trader. I know you love those Trader Joe's chocolate almonds. Oh, I love them. So good. Dark chocolate, turbinado, sugar. So good. Uh, So popcorn, Chex Mix, crackers, pretzels were all high up on the list, but too many fucking crumbs, too many messy fingers. I understand some of them, but oh, too messy. I see popcorn being cool though. I do like popcorn, but it's- I love popcorn. For criteria two, it's an issue. You don't want a slimy ass finger if you got like a buttery, <laughs> a buttery <laughs> you popcorn. You don't want a buttery book. You don't want a buttery book. If you make your own popcorn at home, which I have a little 1970s looking popcorn popper, it's amazing. Oh, nice. Uh, you like put the kernels in and it like blows them out. Like, like Oh, I love those things. Uh, one time I, well, I didn't realize that the bowl wasn't underneath. And um, like so, <laughs> so it, I like walked away. Like I put the popcorn in there, and I like wandered away. I don't know what I was doing. And uh, and it has if people don't know what it is. It has this little like tube coming out of it, and the popcorn flies out of the tube into the bowl underneath. And I didn't put a bowl underneath. And I come in, and the dog is essentially. I was gonna say it was there. birthday underneath it, just like like essentially like a cartoon dog, like a cartoon dog where she had like rolled her tongue out, was like waiting for it, and the popcorn <laughs> was just falling, and she was just like eating every piece that fell on the ground. It was so funny I felt so bad but yeah. in that moment birthday was infinite it was like the moment in a movie where like every time slows down and like this romantic classical music starts yeah. playing and like all the popcorn is falling around her like snow she's and like, she's just popcorn- this is just something delicious falling from the sky it's like she couldn't handle it, was tr- it birthday probably still has dreams about that night yeah that's yeah yeah, that's she. I don't know. No, she she doesn't she doesn't remember. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I will say this: like, 
Keep a napkin nearby if you're into the popcorn stuff. Um, it's better than e-reader. You can always wipe it down later. I think the one thing I will say that is that, like, if you're trying to read and stay awake, like, let's say you're trying to stay awake to finish a book, like you have a school thing, I don't know. Um, crunchy stuff is good. It keeps you awake. And uh, my mom would say hot stuff, too. Hot, like, hot tamales, the um, candy or something like that. Like, uh, keeping you awake, crunchy stuff can really be helpful with that. I used to, in grad school, eat a lot of apples for that reason. It really helped. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. What, and, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like these re- uh, really only work if you're reading one-handed. Um, you know how I can, like, I read one-handed and, like, flip the pages with my pinky? Yes. Um but the the these snacks only really work like that. Regular butter popcorn is great, yeah, but only one-handed because you have to keep wiping your hands off. Uh, I actually saw somebody on Twitter choose Triscuits for this, and I gasped. It's just like a crumb explosion. It'd be Triscuits like Triscuits are one just of those- crumbs they've combined and like made into a biscuit. They're just crumbs. Yeah. that's all they are. It's. It's a bunch of like, you know, when you see in like those ant formations where they're all carrying something mm. like that's what a Triscuit is. A bunch of crumbs just got together to like form yes. an alliance. Yeah, they had a party. It's like, you know, those Nature Valley's granola bars oh, that you open, you like open those. them up and it's just like a puff of granola everywhere. It's yeah. not even a bar. It's like that. I, I, I mean, I true. I almost I saw this and I, I almost was impressed by this person's audacity to eat a Triscuit while reading. It's inc- truly <laughs> incredible. Um, so, Bria, final thoughts. What do you think? Well, great debate. Um, <laughs> overall, I enjoyed everyone's arguments, but I'm going to give it to the gummy people. You know, they came in with a strong voice, strong choice, and I'll say, <laughs> I believe in a democracy. You can cue music right here. I believe in a democracy, <laughs> and in this case, I'm going to go with the g- majority here. Gummies for the win. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you. I think gummies are the superior reading snack. Mm-hmm. I think we voted it in all fronts. They are superior, delicious, Fantastic. I, I will say chocolate covered nuts are good. Uh, trail mix you could do. Uh, any kind of coated candy. Oh, I do love trail uh, mix. I love a trail mix. I will say though, honestly, I would just rather have a beer or some bourbon. Mm-hmm. Like that is my ultimate reading snack. True. That is, I would just rather have that. Yeah. I like uh, a cup of tea also. Oh yeah. There you go. Uh, so you can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Judge John Hodgman won a Webby in the comedy podcast category. After 10 years of production, Judge John Hodgman has finally won the Susan Lucci of the Webbies. What is Judge John Hodgman? Comedy writer and television personality John Hodgman settles disputes between friends, family, co-workers, partners, and more. Is Machine Gun a robot? Should a grown adult tell his parents about his tattoos? Should a family be compelled to wear matching outfits on vacation? Listen to Judge John Hodgman to find out the answers to these age-old disputes and more. If you haven't listened to Judge John Hodgman, now is a great time to start. Judge John Hodgman is available on MaximumFun.org and wherever you get your podcasts. So this week's book tech is very complex and we got some outside help for it. Uh, and it's actually a book tech problem. Uh, so let's look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week, uh, we're answering a book tech problem from Eric. 
Eric says, I need help trying to find a solution to this long-lived frustration. I love reading books in any format, but I am hard of hearing and Audible, Libby, and Hoopla all seem to have their audio options set for normal individuals. My hearing is decent enough that I can usually get by with heavy concentration, but in noisy environments or with quiet narrators, I struggle immensely. I know podcast apps like Pocket Cast, you have an option to boost the volume, which is what I use for the Reading Glasses podcast, and it is perfect, but I've yet to see an option like this in any of the audiobook apps. I've scoured the internet and reddit and have tried volume boost apps i did get a pair of louder headphones but speech in these apps seems to be an issue do you gals and sean have any or any of the glassers have a solution for this um so Uh. for this for this we consulted with sean uh our lovely engineer and our friend tom Merritt, who connected us with patrick norton um here is what they had to say so sean said uh mostly i would be wary of using louder headphones actually him and patrick norton norton both said this just so we know um as they are likely to damage your hearing further a limiting background noise will help you so you could look into noise canceling headphones which actually i think patrick norton also said um i don't know of specific software solutions to this but i assume there must be some available there are some headphones that are developed with this in mind and that have noise canceling the audera a01 headphones, we'll link to that in the show notes, um, come with a hearing test companion app that you go through and it tests your hearing across multiple frequencies. It then re-equalizes whatever you are listening to to these frequencies out, which is fucking super rad. Um, so fancy. I know, I know. Counteracting your specific hearing damage at certain frequencies, this effect can be switched on and off. It's quite astounding. With noise canceling, it might just be the ticket. Uh, and Patrick Norton, uh, thank you so much. And thank you to our friend Tom Merritt from the Sort and Laser podcast who connected us, uh, echoed a lot of Sean's sentiments. And Patrick said, if Eric is on iOS, they should be able to import their Audible titles into iBooks, which has the ability to boost book volume on softer books. That is a hot book tip for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing damage complicates the process of getting the audio into your brain. And I'm always afraid for folks doing things that might accelerate hearing loss. So my first thought is to ask if the listener has seen an audiologist. The listener needs to make sure their fix for hearing audiobooks doesn't ruin what hearing they have left. Turning up the volume is a great way to accelerate hearing loss. So please suggest that they consult with a hearing professional if they haven't already. Yeah, this is great for all listeners. If you're having this problem, let's, let's consult with a professional. Yes. Uh, it is an easy fix to turn the volume up with an external headphone amp slash DAC. Uh, AudioQuest Dragonfly Black is a great example for $100. We will link to that. Uh, but boosting volume slash louder headphones are probably my least favorite answer to this listener's problem. Uh, so Patrick agrees with Sean about looking into noise-canceling headphones and says, one last thought, looking for headphones that are considered neutral, ones that don't push the but ones that don't boost the treble and bass will help make the narrator sound louder. More attenuation of the mids and bass will help the most. So that is, uh, like like Bria said, really great hot uh, audio book tips from both our wonderful engineer, Sean, and Patrick Norton. I think this is great, even if, like, I I mean, I, have this, I, I am not, I don't think I'm at the level of Eric, uh, but I definitely have a hard time hearing audiobooks, I have a hard time reading, hearing people. And I've been actually thinking about getting noise canceling headphones myself because I have the same with, same thing with podcasts and with audiobooks. There's certain things that I miss if like there's any kind of background noise. Like if I am on a subway car or uh, I've, I have a really hard time, you know, when like you're in a plane and you're lifting off and it's just like very loud, like I can't hear what the audiobook is saying at oh, all. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. So I think I, I think this is great. This is a lot of really, really good tips. And if and if folks um want us to type all this up a little bit uh and look into it further, we totally can. But really hot audiobook tips. Yeah. Well, well. 
<laughs> so you can always send book tech ideas that you want us to test out to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com or order it from our Amazon wish list. We have a lot of really weird and hilarious stuff. Just looking at our Amazon wish list makes me laugh. Yeah, it's because there's funny. so many ridiculous things that I really want us to test out. Uh, check that out. The, uh, the link to it is in the show notes. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Katie writes in, I love learning languages and I'm at the point where I can read novels in their original languages, but find that it takes me about three times as long to finish a book in Chinese or Japanese than if I just read an English translation. I don't have a lot of time and want to read more books from my favorite foreign authors. Whatever I read in English translation, I feel guilty that I'm missing out on the beauty of the words in their original language and perhaps some cultural or linguistic references that didn't make it into the translation. How do I solve my book FOMO? Bria, what should Katie do? Wow. First of all, Katie, what an incredible human you are that you can read in multiple languages and uh, can read a book in multiple languages and understand it. And that you understand that like one may set, may feel better than, than the other one. This is a wonderful problem to have. Um, I am sure the authors really appreciate you reading their book in the original language. I am sure of that. Uh, but overall, I think an author would rather you read their book in any form than not read it at all. Um, I feel that way about my movies. If you're going to watch it dubbed instead of in the original language, fine. Because you watched it. I'm happy. Um, I- I'm not sure if an author can stop their books from being translated. Mallory, do you know? Yes. Uh, I mean, it's it's sort of like the, the translator doesn't come to your house with a sword and it's like, listen, motherfucker, right. we're translating your book. Like the translator, um, I am, this is something that I'm in, I know personally about, but I can't announce anything yet. Uh, but the translator basically reaches out to your literary agency if you have a literary agent or to you directly if you don't. And it's like, hey, I want to buy this and translate it. And you're like, cool, awesome. Uh, if you want them to do it and if you don't, then you say no, like you don't right. have to do it. But I have heard there are lots and lots of stories, like the particular language that we're discussing getting my book, getting translating to, like I can't fucking read that language. Right. So, uh, and I have heard a lot of stories about from authors who have their books translated and they find out from readers like Katie that they're like, oh, this thing got translated wrong. Uh, my friend Chuck Wendig, one of his books got translated into German and there was a character that was originally and is in the book non-binary but in German they gave the character mm. she her pronouns yeah. but and Chuck had no idea right. because they don't like he doesn't speak German so there's a lot of stuff that you don't have control over but yes you can say yes or no right so that being said the that means the author said at some point, yes, it is fine if you translate it. And look, that sucks that that kind of stuff happens. But also it's, I think it's, you know, for the greater, you would rather your book be available and then find those problems and hopefully fix them. If there are problems, there's going to undoubtedly be translation issues. Um, so the, the author chose for you to be able to read them. And I think the author would rather you read their book than not read their book. That That is my opinion. So I don't think you should have any guilt about it. I think you should drop the FOMO. Um, I think if you have the time and you're like, wow, this author, I really love this one piece that they put out and I read it in the original language. Like, you know, take the time and do it if you want. But I don't think you should feel the guilt because the author is going to be happy that you read their book. That's why artists put stuff out into the world is for you to consume it and get what you can out of it in whatever language you want. Obviously, like Mallory and I don't read Japanese or Chinese or... I don't know. I don't read any other languages. Um, And so like, you know, we're not we don't have that option, but we're still like very excited to consume these pieces of art in whatever way we can. 
Um, so drop that FOMO. I, I, I think uh, it's awesome, Katie, but I, I wouldn't worry about it. Mallory, what do you think? I completely agree. And if she really wants to set up a system, I, I think Katie should switch off. Mm. So my thing is, I, I think it, it sounds to me like Katie is getting a lot out of reading books in their original language, mm. um, but is frustrated with how slow it takes. But the point of reading isn't to read as many books as possible. It's to enjoy yourself and get things out of a book, even if it takes a while. Uh, so plus, the more you read in that language, the faster you'll get. So I think if Katie... Like, I think she's caught between wanting, really wanting to read a book in its original language, but like also wanting to read more books and mm -hmm. not having it, like not having the time. I think Katie should read like one Chinese or Japanese novel and then an English one and just switch off that way. Because mm -hmm. again, the point of reading is to to be happy and to, to get things out of it. And if you're reading an English book and you feel like you're not getting all the things that you could, then don't worry. Even if you read five books a year, it's fine. Like it doesn't matter. It just all matters how much you're enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. We're just saying, Katie, fuck it all. Be happy with your reading life, whatever mm -hmm. it takes for you to be happy. Also, I never hearken back to other segments, but I just had a thought like, no, you know what no one voted for on the reading <laughs> snack poll? You know, you know what nobody voted for? Mm -hmm. No. Chips. Oh, interesting. No chips. I think I texted you. I was like, don't people eat chips anymore? Like, isn't that the most American snack? I don't eat that. Like the I quintessential American snack is chips. I did the other day. I ate a bunch of salt and vinegar chips. And let me tell you, they're so good. I think oh, chips are so delicious, chips. but I don't buy them because I just eat all of them. And that's the problem. I guess no one eat, like people must be buying chips. Like why? Wait, I, mean, I guess maybe people, readers. Is there no Venn diagram of chip eaters and readers? <laughs> is this a problem? <sighs> If you are a chip eater and a book reader, please email us to let us know that you exist. I just, I was very, very stuck, uh, like completely stunned by this. Yeah. Sorry, completely off topic. If you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want us uh, to talk about chips during your reader problem, send us, a, <laughs> send us an email. <laughs> if you want I, us to bring I, up I, salt and vinegar <laughs> chips out of nowhere. <laughs> It's I should have podcast. asked you that in the main segment, though. I should have been like, Bria, what's the one snack that you were surprised not to see in this poll? Uh, seaweed. I do love seaweed. I actually really love seaweed snacks, but I stopped reading them because I get the little pieces of seaweed. Because like, when you bite into it, it's so crackly and dry. It like, explodes everywhere, and it gets stuck in the book butt. Oh, it's in the book butt, yeah. You said you used to read seaweed, which is also really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, that's what I put as the verb for everything that <laughs> yeah. I do. <laughs> I used to read uh, seaweed and then I would read it in the book, bud, and then it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So seaweed and, and, uh, and chips. I just, I'm so stunned about the chip as the all American snack being toppled. If you are a chip fan, please let us Isn't know. Isn't the all American snack a hot dog? Is that a snack or a meal? That's a good question, but I'm going to actually say, <laughs> yeah, it's probably a meal, but. <laughs> An apple piece of apple pie. That's a dessert. That's an all-American snack. Ugh, what, if, what, if, I, what if people just voted for hot dogs as the number one thing they eat? Well, I would be like, what is happening that I didn't realize everyone's you eating a hot dog? So many people eating. eating a hot dog. Look, you, you can so eat a hot dog with one weird. hand. That's true. That's true. You can eat it with one hand. You do need to look make eye contact with a hot dog, though. It's like a banana. You any any kind of tube food, you kind of have to look at. I it. think there's not that many tube foods. I think you just named the <laughs> two. 
there's hot dogs. You don't mean two, you mean like a cylindrical shaped food. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I know. Um, uh, Sausages. Uh, uh, cranberry sauce at, at Thanksgiving time when you pour it out of the can. That's a tube food. This is, Sean is going to throw, Sean's going to quit after so this. so angry. Sour straws. That's a tube food. Sour straws. See, there's a lot of tube foods. And you, uh, no, sour that's straws, just four. You probably, that's not very many. You could probably eat those without looking at them. But I just, yeah. And I will say chips, I'm including tortilla chips and stuff like Doritos. Taquitos is a tube food. Yeah, see? <laughs> Lots of tube foods. A <laughs> lot of tube five. foods. <laughs> so as always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy and Jessica who run our Facebook group. And if any of you want to run a poll about reading snacks <laughs> so we can get some more follow-up information, uh we would be very happy about that. Uh, Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Uh, remember, you can buy reading glasses, tote bags, and shirts, and stickers, and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. You can support us and look sexy while doing it. Also, we talked about it a, a before, and we posted on our social media accounts, but me and Bria made a bookshop.org store. So in addition, I'm sure you've noticed in all of all the books we mentioned on the show now are we've moved them over to being bookshop.org links, but we've also created a little store that is just full of recommendations from me and Bria that are books that we finished, not just like books that we are reading, but books that we have read and loved. I think there's almost 50 of them in there right now. And so if you're looking for a great reading, reading recommendation, just go to the, go there. We'll put the link in the show notes. And I will say I texted Bria. We were so excited. We have gotten more money more commission money from IndieBound or from we've gotten more commissions from our links through bookshop.org in one week than we did in two years on IndieBound yeah crazy crazy so y'all, y'all love bookshop and we're excited to keep putting stuff on there we are so excited in if folks keep purchasing books through there uh, on our store and our portal or from, uh, you know, the show notes of the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. We, I was so thrilled to see that. And it's it just like the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you like the show and want to do something for us for free, because everyone's having a hard time financially right now, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. It helps us reach more listeners. It helps us feel good about ourselves. Makes us look very fancy for people who are checking out the podcast. You can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast, and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. I could have become a mass murderer after I hacked my governor module, but then I realized I could access the combined feed of entertainment channels carried on the company's satellites. It had been well over 35,000 hours or so since then, was still not much murdering, but probably, I don't know, a little under 35,000 hours of movies, serials, books, plays, and music consumed. As a heartless killing machine, I was a terrible failure. From chapter one of... All Systems Red, first book in the Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells.